Welcome. I'm Sebastian Mafud, and you're listening to WCAT Radio, the on-air wing of En Route Books and Media, bringing you the dulcet sounds of Catholic wisdom. Hi, Jesus Seekers. This is R- Romal Simeon, and the book is Love Letters from Your Father, Lexo Divina that I wrote many meditations on the Gospels of John. So 22 chapters of John, and we're now in the first chapter. And we're going to talk about some things now that you, I'm sure you never heard before, because as I meditate on it, I receive it myself from the Lord, the living God. Because we said that Jesus is the word of God. The first thing that he said, the the preamble of the Gospels. Good, what is the good news? Because God speaks to us. Not only he speaks to us, he speaks to us all the time. He never stops speaking to us. He speaks to us in creation. He speaks to us in his word and reading those books, the book of the Bible, this encyclopedia. It says so many things from prophets and Moses and all the books of wisdom and all so that we get an idea of who we are, what we're doing in this world, what the world means to us, what our life is all about. Well, now we come to, say, the Constitution of Christianity is that there is only one Christian, it's Jesus Christ. He's the only perfect Christian. We're all his his clones, his images. And we respond to him and witness to him and image him in all different ways and to different degrees. So now we come after the first four verses, which is the Constitution. Remember that it's Jesus, Jesus, who is the the author. Jesus is the person that the Father sent. He he put him into a human being so we could understand a human being and listen to his word and have him teach us as the great person who tells us the way, the truth, and the life. And then he models it. Then he also gives us the Holy Spirit so we understand it. Well, let, let's try to come to a number of standing now because the next verses are those of the first apostle. Who was the first apostle? Well, <laughs> I'm going to surprise you with this, what the scripture says, what Jesus says. Who's the first apostle? They give him a fancy name. The precursor, the precursor, John the Baptist. Baptist. What does apostle mean? It means a person sent by God. That's exactly what it says. Verse 5. It was a man sent by God to prepare the way for Jesus. Now, if Jesus is so perfect and everything is done by him and we're leading ourselves to him, why would we have to have a precursor. Well, it's because we're human beings. 
we're human beings. We need even so when a great celebrity comes into our world, does a celebrity simply show up and ex express himself? No. He's got an agent. An agent prepares the way for him, gives him a little bio, tells who he is, what he what he came from, uh, what his ex his talents are, what he's going to do for us. And that's exactly what John the Baptist. The Jews, and always waiting for Elijah, when he had to go to a Seder meal, they still hear the knock on the door and go to the door and say, Elijah's coming, preparing the way for Messiah, for Messiah, the great one, the one who will come in the name of the Lord, the son of David. So we have John the Baptist. But not, the Bible will tell you all of his background of how he was sent by God, how Zachary was at the temple, how he prepared his son John. John was born. Even before he was born, he was already witnessing for Jesus. When Mary went to visit her cousin Elizabeth. Elizabeth was miraculously pregnant with John. John was there like three months before. And Mary came and Elizabeth was inspired by the Holy Spirit and says, how is it that the mother of my God has come to me? She saw the Virgin Mary already pregnant with and the spirit by G, with Jesus was the mother of God. He's a mother. You're a mother from the first moment of conception. From the first moment of conception. And he says, the child in my womb has told me. The child has adored him. In the womb, that was John the Baptist. And the church is te teaching that he was relieved of original sin. The Lord Jesus himself baptized John the Baptist by the recognition he had before actual birth. Well, I'll say now, again, why do we have a precursor? Why do we have an agent? You have a precursor because when we say that someone is going to come into our world, a Messiah, a son of the Son of God, a divinity, do you believe it? So many messiahs or sons of God came into the world in human history and we have their tombs. Pharaoh, son of the of, of, of heaven. Every emperor, everyone who comes into existence. And what happens to them? 
You got Alexander the Great. We look for their tombs. <laughs> we look for their tombs. We look for effects of them, things that they influence history. But for them themselves, we look for their tombs. So the Pharaoh, who was the son of God, who had immortality. We have pyramids that are empty. We have the Great Wall of China, that Chin built this Great Wall. He's buried there. He has a thousand terracotta Chinese emblems of his soldiers. They're all dead. They're gone. There is, is a was. All there is's are was's. So, look for their tombs. Look for their greatness. Look for their power. All gone. Because they're all temporary. They're all human. They come on the stage for 15 minutes, as Shakespeare says, and they disappear. They put monuments to themselves so they're not forgotten. But they are forgotten as people. They are forgotten as sons of God, and it's proven from one to the other that they are not deity. They are not eternal. What do we have for Jesus? We have an empty tomb because the earth and tomb, the earth was his tomb. The earth could not contain him. So, that's why we need a precursor. We need someone who could talk in human terms and tell in human terms, wow, this is something different. We're actually going to give you something perfect. Unbelievable. That's the first answer we have. Unbelievable. When the Pharisees went to John the Baptist and says, who is he? He's here. He's arrived. Have you seen him? No, I haven't seen him yet. Do you know who he is? No, I don't know who he is yet. But I was sent. He's an apostle. The first apostle was John the Baptist. And Jesus said there was no greater Elijah. There's no greater person than one who proclaims Jesus Christ and shows him to the people that makes him believable. He's going to come. And I will, I'm not the Messiah. I am not taking any glory from him. And that's what we have to be careful about. We don't take glory from Jesus because we talk about him. We don't have take glory from Jesus because we are his images, we take glory that has to belong to him alone. And he shares his light with us. He's the light of the world. So, how many apostles are there? Well, John was the first, the greatest, greater than this 
was never born a woman. And then we have, right from the first chapter in the book of the letters of from the Father, we have those who were with John, who understood John, and who followed Jesus, who walked away from John and followed Jesus. And Jesus founded his yeshiva of 12 apostles. First two were disciples of John. They, how come they saw him and other disciples did not? How come they followed Jesus immediately and the others did not? All those people that came to the water because they saw with different eyes. John was a person who talked to people who were blind. Blind means, Jesus himself says, you think you know it all, you think you see it all, you think you can evaluate everything, but you are blind because you do not see with the eyes of God. I'll come to that. Because I want to say another thing first. thing that is so clear. What is John's message? What message did God give him? Did the Spirit of God give him? To prepare people for his Son. Prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the way of the Lord. How do you prepare? First of all, he tells us, you're going the wrong way. You're on a road. You're on a road that you think is spiritual. You think is you can give it all kinds of names. You think you're on the road. You say, well, I follow Moses. I follow the uh, prophets. I follow my conscience. And he says, the way, those are ways, but the way, the sure way, he's coming and the light shining in darkness to show you the way, the way, the truth and the life. Reverse your road. Your road is a human road mixed with your conscience. Confusing your conscience. Confusing your eyesight because you're blind. You're going on a road that's blind. Let's talk about that road. But John had to give you something else that whether Jesus had to give it to you that you didn't know. John had to say, you need the eyes of Jesus to see things correctly. 
It's not the physical eyes. The person with the physical eyes can't believe anything. They analyze. They say, well, prove it to us. I don't see God. I don't see this reality you talk about. Don't see the reality? You're blind. Jesus told the Pharisees they were blind. He told the Sadducees, the priests, and all that when he went to the temple. They were blind. They didn't see the very thing that was in front of them. That the temple was the temple of God to pray. They made it a den of thieves. The, when you have the eyes of Jesus, do you know what you have? He said it throughout the scriptures, throughout the Bible, throughout the Gospels. Faith. Unless you have faith, you cannot see God. The human eyes cannot see him because human eyes give you human interests and those all blind you. There was a great man, Jesus, Fulton Sheehan. I remember something from one of his speeches. He said, if you take a dime and put it close enough to your eye, you can blind out the sun. That's it. There are things that are in our human character and our human animalism and our materialist sensuality that makes us not see God. I put it as the three P's. Possessions, pleasures, and power, power, position. These three things blind us. There are many other things that blind us too, but these three essentials. So we see with the eyes, not of faith, but of our interests, pleasures, our self-interests, the things that please us, the things that please us temporarily. We have to do it over and over and over again in order to get a consistency of pleasure. And the more it's done, the more tacking it becomes. Possessions. Well, I remember one person that I recall in life who said I don't want so many possessions because I only want the things that could fit in a coffin. Fact is all possessions are temporary. We're not saying to seek them, not seek them, throw them away and all that. We're saying do not make them priority. These things must not be priority in our life. They must be tools. Yes, we can have position and talents. There's nothing wrong with that. Jesus said we have talents. He gives us the talents. He gives us the, those to be useful. But to make them our position of power, to step on others, 
to squeeze them down, to make them give us possessions and pleasures. This is not with the eyes of God. This is not in the Ten Commandments. This is not in the teachings of Jesus. So, yes, there are many apostles of Jesus. Twelve apostles, and then others that came later. Paul, and all of the fathers of the church, all the saints, all wrought down to the present life for 2,000 years. No one there can eliminate or limit feeding on the body of Christ. He gives us his own flesh. He gives us his word. He gives us his spirit. And there's no end to it. Yes. If we are apostles of Jesus, then we have to do the work of Jesus. So this is what John was doing. The Pharisees came there and they questioned him. Are you, are you the Messiah? No, I'm not the Messiah. Who is he? He's here. And on faith, I know he will come. Not will in the future, but he's here and he will show himself to those that have faith, who prepare and who are renewing their lives. Repent. Repent. We have to crawl. We have to say the things, what is it? The things that I have, the things that I have in the world, the things that are material and sensual and not of God, the things that are temporal. I am willing to divest myself and I'm willing to die from them and resurrect in the water of baptism to say that now I want Jesus. We will say that all our lives. I want Jesus. He's living. He's life. He's my manna. I nourish on him. And I believe in him. On faith. Not on my eyes. So. When we hear this voice. And we understand then what the Lord is saying to us then we can understand John the Baptist he says he must increase and I must decrease I'm not here to take over for him I'm not here to have people come to me I'm here to point the way. When I met uh, Tim very short uh, with St. Padre Pio, and I remember him saying the thing about who are we and who am I? Why do people come to here to meet me and to talk to me? And he says, because I am the spirit of John the Baptist. 
I point the way. I point the way. I am proclaiming him and telling you, don't come to me. Don't rest on me. Rest on Jesus. If I cannot send you to Jesus, be a channel of peace, be a channel to make you go to him, I have failed. So all preachers, all teachers, all those who evangelize, not bringing people to ourselves, but through ourselves, only as channels, that's what we are. We're only channels. And we have to have a channel that's clear of vices, that's clear with lined with virtues that can bring people to God. To God. See? So I want to say this thing now about the what happens to people. What happens to people is that we have too many ways. <laughs> the way doesn't mean there's another way. And I was twisted on that, or let's say corrected on that, not twisted, but correctly twisted, because he rung me out by Paul VI, the Pope. I had an opportunity, the Holy Spirit gave me the opportunity. It's a long story how I got there and how it worked and all this kind of thing. But I got to him in 1972 at Castel Gandolfo. And through uh, this uh, way the Holy Spirit worked, I ended up just about 10 feet away from him, or maybe 10 yards, but 10 feet away from him on the stage where the only ones that were supposed to be there were bishops and people that he was talking to. He was going to, he did a reconciliation of the Anglican Bishop of Dublin and the Catholic Bishop of Dublin at his feet. And here I was standing by with my Bible, my witness Bible, my work Bible, all marked up. And it had on its cover a emblem of Jesus in a hand, a pointing hand pointing up and saying one way. Jesus is what the one way. And when he came over, I was trying to get to talk to the Pope, and the guy, the uh, Master of Ceremonies came over to me and he says, don't move towards the Pope. You're not allowed to come come to him. And there and behind me was the Swiss guard with that spear. And I had to be careful what I was going to do. I could get jammed with that spear if I moved towards the Pope. So I was there behind the uh, uh, wheelchair of my mother, who was in the wheelchair in front of me. And then she says, what, what did he say to you? I says, he told me not to move. I says, but I'm going to see the Pope because I opened up my Bible in my lecture to Vina for the morning and I got a reading from Isaiah the prophet 
And that said, the very thing that the Pope is doing now. It said that he would, his voice would not be heard in the streets. That, but what he would do would be significant. And here he was bringing two bishops together, reconciling them through Jesus Christ at his very feet. So maybe I moved the chair a little bit more and the guy came back to me, the master ceremonies, and he said to me, I said, don't move towards the Pope. And I says, okay. <laughs> and he says, the Pope is going to come to you. I couldn't believe it. And my mother says, well, what? What am I going to say when it comes to him? Just say you love him. Just say, say whatever comes to your mind. The Holy Spirit's going to talk to you. The Pope came over and he saw that Bible and I kind of interrupted him and I said, one way, Jesus Christ. He looked at it and his eyes opened up and he said, no, he's not the one one way and I was I was sent back and he says he is the only way and he said it in Italian l'unico senso l'unico senso like the signs of the street of Rome it doesn't say one way by the way I realize one way was incorrect one way is every every car that goes on a street is a going left or right. Each one is going one way. But their sign says, Lunico, only way. All the cars must go in the same way. And he said, Jesus is the only way. And I showed him that scripture that I got for him that morning and he was pleased and he looked through the I moved the pages of the Bible just you know just flipped them and he says that's the way to talk to Jesus it's not reading him it's knowing him with the eyes of faith That was my lesson. And I've done it ever since and before, but in a new way. The only way. And that is what John Baptist is saying. Since he's the only way, what happened there in first chapter of John's Gospel? Andrew and John, young John, the old one and the young one. When Jesus walked away from being baptized by John the Baptist, Jesus was baptized to show model for people the value of baptism, to dedicate, to make a new covenant with God to receive a new way, the only way.
When we have the other ways, we're confused. We don't know what way to go. So as Jesus walked away, Andrew and John followed after him. I suppose on that gravel path, the Lord heard their footsteps. He turned around and said, why are you following me? And they were didn't know what to say and says, where do you live, Lord? Of course, he lives wherever he stands. But where do you live, Lord? Come and see. They spent time with him. And so they saw with the eyes of faith when they spent time with Jesus. Jesus doesn't tell you, look at me, uh, see how tall I am, see that I am uh, uh, look uh, uh, like an, a prophet, that I am old or whatever, or I'm wise. Listen to my words, just for my words. No, come and see. Come and see with the eyes of faith. And what did they do? They stayed with him. They stayed with him. They did exactly what John the Baptist had said, to follow him and no other. And staying with him, they says, first thing to do, oh, John had to go and call his brother. And Andrew had to go call his brother, Brother Simon, who later became Peter. And Jesus was on his way of witness. Those that see only with the eyes of God, with faith, can follow Jesus. Only those who understand with a mind that comes from this the eye seen, just like the human eye, and the senses make us understand things. So when we see the eyes of faith, we begin to understand. So people say, I don't understand the Bible. I don't understand Jesus. I don't understand his word. Then talk to him with faith. Notice in the, in the Gospels, as we continue, the woman at the well didn't just see him as a person standing by there who needed a drink of water. He saw with the eyes of faith. I give you living water. I give you flowing water. You don't have to drop your vessel into a hundred foot well to bring up some water twice a day. I will give you living water. She began to see with the eyes of faith. And when that was over, she ran down to the Samaritan town and they came those who came back says we believe him not because you told us you were only the preamble you were only the precursor you were only the one who gave witness you were the agent for Jesus we want him and you don't hear about the woman anymore. So, the woman who touches his robe and is cured. Who touched me? Crowds are around you, Lord, his disciples said. And how could you say, someone touched me? No, someone touched me. 
touch me with a hand of faith because she has the eyes of faith. Others saw me as a possible Messiah. She saw me as Messiah. When we call out to him and call him son of David, I'm blind. Give me sight. I want, what do you want? I want to see. Without faith, without the eyes of Jesus, you cannot come to understand Jesus. These are the eyes of faith. Make his physical image, the word, the, the son of God, the word that you do not see with your eyes. How will we know him when he comes again? Only with the eyes of faith. So, my brothers and sisters, all of you, don't come to me. I don't. You don't need me. You need the Lord. And his word is there. And it's a living word. And you'll know whether you have eyes of faith. Because then you'll hear him talking to you. And telling you what I have not been able to express. May God bless you. Jesus Lee. Hello, God's beloved. I'm Annabelle Mosley, author, professor of theology, and host of Then Sings My Soul and Destination Sainthood on WCAT Radio. I invite you to listen in and find inspiration along this sacred journey we're traveling together to make our lives a masterpiece and, with God's grace, become saints. Join me, Annabelle Mosley, for Then Sings My Soul and Destination Sainthood on WCAT Radio. God bless you. Remember, you're never alone. God is always with you. We hope you enjoyed the program, and will join us back for another show on WCAT Radio. This is Sebastian Mafud. Good day.